Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I realize we're getting to the end of the year. And so in this podcast, I thought I'd give everyone a little something to think about, a little something to work on for next year. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of physical therapy and health professionals that listen to this podcast that maybe want to grow their list. Maybe they want to put themselves out there in a more meaningful way. They want to get more people to know what they do. They want to help more people. They want to give information to more people. So what's a great way to do that? An ultimate guide. Now, I know you've probably seen the ultimate guide to this and that, and they're a little PDF, a short ebook, if you will. That is not what an ultimate guide is. But this episode, you will learn all about what it is with my guest, Primoz Boshik. So he's got a great story. I'm not going to tell it all to you in the intro here, but he now coaches world-class experts, CEOs, and rising stars on growing their online businesses by creating world-class content, ultimate guides, and premium online courses. He has served as the lead coach and project manager for Ramit Sethi's Zero to Launch Accelerator, a seven-figure online business coaching program. He has created multiple successful online courses that range from $50 to $1,500, had multiple five-figure product launches, and coaches private clients. His clients include celebrity makeup artists, world-class songwriters, and the world's best high-performance coaches. He has been featured in Yahoo Finance, Business Insider, Entrepreneur, Growth Lab, Ramit Sethi's Zero to Launch, Derek Halpern's Yes Engine, Selena Sue's Influence, as well as major Slovenian newspapers. Did I mention he's from Slovenia? And he has spoken to audiences of several hundred people at events such as Ramit's Forefront and Selena Sue's Get Known, Get Clients Live. And like I said, he's from Slovenia, so you're probably thinking, how did you guys meet? Well, we met at Chris Winfield's Unfair Advantage, um, which has, I feel like a lot of my guests lately have been from that, but it was so great. And there were so many amazing people there that I had to have them on the podcast to share their knowledge with us. So like I said, this is all about writing the ultimate guide, figuring out what your ultimate guide can be about. And Primosh has generously... Uh, given all of the listeners an ultimate guide checklist. And you can get that over at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com in the show notes under this show. So everybody, please enjoy this episode and have a great rest of your week. Hi, Primosh. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And just a little background on how we met. We met a couple of weeks ago at the Unfair Advantage, which was Chris Winfield's event here in New York City. And before we get into the ultimate, our ultimate guide talk, which I'm super psyched about, um, what was one thing, what were a few things that you took away from the unfair advantage? Yeah, I mean, I love the idea that, you know, your connections are your unfair advantage, because I actually didn't know that going into the event. So, you know, seeing Chris frame it that way, that's really powerful. Um, the other thing I really liked is when he said, um, you know, just go out and email people like it doesn't matter if it's a bad email, you know, if it's something like that, like it doesn't matter. You have to put yourself out re- there regardless of the results. Like 
it's fine. Like if it's something bad, like what's the worst thing that can happen? People will usually forget, forget it and then, you know, never remember it. Um, and the third thing that I really liked was when somebody asked a question about, um, you know, when you reach out to people, will you ever look needy or like you have bad intentions or something like that? And he said, well, if you have really good intentions, you'll always come off that way. And if you have really bad intentions, you'll always come off that way. Because I think that's a big fear, you know, that we have in terms of like reaching out to media and to, you know, people to work with. And like, yeah, if you're an asshole and if you're just looking to promote your business all the time without helping any other people, people will see right through that. But if you genuinely want to help people, people will see that as well. And whether it's like a good fit or not at a, at a certain point, you know, doesn't matter. It's probably going to be in the future. But just that mentality has helped me for sure, you know, think about publicity a little bit different than I thought about it beforehand. Yeah. Oh my, isn't that so interesting? I, I totally forgot that he had said that, you know, that if you're a good person and you reach out to people, people are going to sense that. Yeah. And not to be afraid to reach out because you're not going to look like that needy kind of annoying person. Cause if you're not a needy, annoying person, you're not going to come off that way. Thanks so much yeah. for bringing that up again. I totally forgot about that from the, and, week, and from we probably days. know it, right? Cause we yeah. see it in our businesses when people reach out to me and like, they send me this really templatized guest post pitch and then they follow up three times in three days. Like, you know, they're just, you know, trying to get something out of this. And when they write this really thoughtful email, you know, whether it's a good fit or not, you see that they're a really good person. So yeah. you always see it. I think you also probably get a lot of people who pitch you and you can see, you know, who really cares about something versus who just wants to get something, you know, for who it's just a numbers game. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's such great advice. Okay. So let's get to the meat of the podcast here. Today, we're talking about ultimate guides. Let's define it first. What is an ultimate guide? Yeah, maybe let's even talk about what's not an ultimate guide. Yeah, let's talk about what's not an <laughs> ultimate guide because I think there's a little confusion there. Yeah, I think there's definitely some mis misconceptions out there, right? Because nowadays anyone can write anything on the internet and they can call it whatever they want because they have a WordPress website and they can entitle you know, their article whatever they want or their ebook whatever they want. So technically, I can create a one-page PDF and call it an ultimate guide or a five-page or a 10-page PDF and call it an ultimate guide. Now, in my world, creating a five-page ebook on something like, oh, how to, you know, fix your knee pain once and for all, like the ultimate guide, if it's a one, if it's a five-page ebook, there is no way you can cover everything that you need to cover in terms of, you know, helping someone fix their knee pain in five pages. Like, you know, as a physical therapist, that's stupid. Like, you just know it, right? Some people do that. The reason why they do it is one, maybe because they're delusional <laughs> and two, because like they want clicks because they hear like, oh, ultimate guys, that sounds awesome. I should call it that. So more people come to my website and because they see this ultimate guide. Now, the problem with that is that it can actually backfire for you because if you, you know, frame something as an ultimate guide, as the ultimate piece of content, and then it's a five page, page ebook, people are like, uh, what the hell? And they're actually going to be more turned off by your advice you know, and they'll feel tricked when they actually come to your website. And that's happened to me, even, you know, with some people in the industry, it's like they created a so-called ultimate guide. And I was like, this isn't really an ultimate guide. You're just calling it, but it's not really what an ultimate guide is supposed to be. So five page ebook, 10 page ebook, 3000 word post, not an ultimate guide. What is an ultimate guide in my terms? It's almost like a mini book in some ways. You know, you have these books, let's say books are, let's say 100,000 words long, right? So maybe an ultimate guide is not as extensive as a book, but maybe it's like between 10 and 25,000 words, depending on how broad the topic really is that you're covering. 
more specific topics, smaller topics, like, you know, a small part of, let's say, knee pain. Like if, if you have like, if you're writing about how to, you know, um, prevent injuries with Achilles skill, right? That's probably not going to be a 25,000 word ultimate guide, but it's going to be a 10,000 word. If you write something about back pain, which is a much broader topic with a lot of back muscles, potential issues, potential solutions, it's going to be a much bigger guide, right? Now, what it actually looks like, why I say it's very similar to a book is because it's going to have an introduction, a close, it's going to have a table of contents or an outline, it's going to have different specific chapters. Um, in each of the chapters, you're going to explain one concept or something like that. So you could, you know, talk about different potential causes of back pain, different potential therapies as solutions, you know, different back pain, you know, muscles that you can get hurt because it's different if you injure your lats versus your erectors versus even like, you know, your, I don't know, um, like the the bone in the back. The, yeah, your like, spine. Yeah, your spine. Yeah, like there's so many different things you could, you know, injure. Um, or you could have pain from. And like, you know, an ultimate guide, you can really break it down. So in my world, the ultimate guide really is the ultimate piece of content on the internet on that one, usually more specific topic. Now, if you think about what the ultimate means, it means like the best, the most detailed, that there's nothing better than the thing. Like that to me, you know, is the world ultimate. So in my mind, if you really want to translate it to regular, you know, language, it's like the most comprehensive and detailed piece of content on the internet about a specific topic. If you've written that, then call it an ultimate guide. If you haven't written that, call it a beginner's guide, call it an introductory guide, call it a quick guide, just don't call it an ultimate guide because that's not what an ultimate guide is. God, that's great advice. And I love, I'm glad that you kind of made that distinction between an ultimate guide versus a beginner's guide or a quick guide. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right? nothing wrong. It's just not an ultimate guide. It's right. like, just don't follow that. Yeah. Right, don't right. trick your customers. Don't do false advertising, right? Right, because you don't want someone to click on something that's an ultimate guide and get, like you said, a five-page ebook or a little PDF. And then they're thinking, well, what is this person doing? Is that Because that's not going to endear that person to perhaps be a potential customer in the future, correct? Yeah, at least in my mind, no. <clears throat> yeah. So, okay. So now we know what an ultimate guide is, sort of a mini book, what it is not. So yes. what are the benefits of having of writing an ultimate guide? Yeah, okay. So this depends a little bit on how you actually use the ultimate guide because we <clears throat> can still go into details and we could say, okay, you can use an ultimate guide you know, as a PDF, as an ebook. But what I actually recommend for most people is to um, offer it just on your website, as a page on your website or as a blog post. So that's another clarification because some people think ultimate guides are supposed to be just these ebooks. I'm like, yes, you can use them as ebooks, especially because it's very easy to print it out and design it and everything. But you can also use it just as a blog post on your website. And this way, a lot of people or a lot more people can actually read about it learn about it, find it on Google, and then share it with other people. Because as you might know, you know, if you're running an online business or if you're trying to get customers for your PT business online, you know that people don't really like, you know, sharing these landing pages where there's something behind a wall and they prefer, you know, sharing blog posts that are available for everybody to see. So as part of the, you know, strategy for using Ultimate Guides, I think one of the biggest thing is just more high quality paying customers. Because I will say, ultimate guides, they're not for everybody. Like somebody who's looking for, a, you know, five quick tips to like fix your back pain and is not willing to do the work and is not willing to, you know, go to a therapist and be there for like a few months or something like that. 
they're not your ideal customer anyway. And when they see an ultimate guide, they'll be like, oh, this is so much information. It's so overwhelming. I don't want to read this and they'll close it, which in your world, it's fine because those are not good customers. On the other hand, somebody who really, really struggles with back pain and they're like, this part of my back hurts and I don't even know what it's called and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what's the best solution. I don't know where I should go. And I started Googling like, how, how do I get rid of back pain? And they are willing to put in the work and they are willing to invest in themselves when they find that guide that you've written and it's like this amazing piece of content that really talks about everything they start to trust you because they're like wow this person really knows their stuff they're giving all of this information away for free they're already helping me now if you know you have a physical therapy business in their local area you're going to be the person that they're going to trust you're going to be the person that they will go to rather than some other guy who you know, creates these five-way tips that don't really work. So it's that mentality of like, I'm going to give away, you know, a lot of my best content and then people will start to trust me and really see me as their trusted expert or trusted advisor that it really attracts high quality customers. And at the bottom line, that's it. Like you can get more high quality customers for your business, whether that's, you know, for, you know, consulting, whether that's for physical therapy, whether it's for something else. But like, that's the biggest main benefit for your audience probably. And so this, the ultimate guide is not meant to be your lead magnet. You can use it. Like, I do use, use it. it. Like yeah. we, we, do use, we do use it as lead magnets. So for example, if you do write regular blog posts um, or you do guest posts, or if you're on a podcast like this, you know, if you talk about your PT practice, then an ultimate guide is a perfect lead magnet for people who, you know, then come to your website. It's a perfect logical next step because these people already know you already trust you. And the ultimate guide is the perfect thing to give to them that really blows them away you know, um, when they actually read it. But the downside of just using it as a lead magnet is again, that not many people can actually find it on Google. You know, people aren't as likely to share it and so on and so on. So that's kind of like the drawback of that. But I do think you can do it both in, in both situations and we do that with, with all of our customers. So you can have it as a lead magnet and kind of put it in a blog post? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, even when you write an ultimate guide, you know, as a blog post, you will say, you know, hey, you know, you're reading this guide and it's freaking long, right? If you want to save it on your computer or if you want to pr print it out, you know, sign up to my email list and you'll get a PDF version of it and maybe even another checklist or a bonus or something like that that's going to be easier for you to actually put it into action or a cheat sheet or like this infographic of all potential like parts where you have back pain or something like that. So, you know, people usually when they read this kind of guides, you know, when you just tell them like, hey, this is a really long guide, download the PDF. Like between 10 and 20% of people who read that article might actually subscribe to your email list. That's like pretty typical opt-in rate that we have from people. So this ultimate guide can be put into different locations. It doesn't only have to be one thing. Yes, we, we use it. We try to use it everywhere, right? Um, that's the thing you spend, you know, because it does take a while to create a really good ultimate guide. It does take weeks or even months. It's it's a lot of work, right? So when you put so much work into something, you want to repurpose it or you want to put it in many places as possible. So you might link to it from your blog post. You might have it at the end of your blog post. You might have it on your homepage when on your website. If your top priorities collect email subscribers, you have it on your homepage. You have it in your menu. It says like ultimate guide to, you know, whatever you're writing about. Use it for guest posts, podcasts, media opportunities is for even for speeches that you might have you use it everywhere because why wouldn't you you spend so much time creating such an amazing resource that covers a specific topic of your expertise why wouldn't you use it everywhere yeah why wouldn't you that's so true and you can kind of repackage parts of it for 
like you just mentioned, media opportunities. And because I know uh, Selena Sue did her ultimate guide on meeting people at conferences or meeting people at events. And she was able to kind of break it up to have a couple of different yeah. media posts based on just one thing. Yeah, actually, there's there's a backstory to this that, that some people might not know, but Selena did share it in an interview that we did together. So Selena wrote that ultimate guide. And um, in the moment, she was really busy with a product launch or something like that, right? And one of the journalists reached out to her and was like, hey, Selena, can you talk to us? You know, can you give us a quote on events or something like that? And she was like, oh, I'm actually really busy right now, but I wrote this amazing guide on this exact topic. She linked the guide to the people. And then they actually wrote up a couple of articles without her having to do anything. So she got basically free publicity without any work involved because she already had this amazing resource created. So that's kind of like the backstory. So you can actually get free publicity opportunities without doing any extra work. Or as you've said, you can repurpose it. Like even the things that we're going to be talking about today, I've already written about these things like in a 13,000 word ebook on how to create ultimate guides. So you can use it in this way. You can write, you know, blog posts from just like a chapter of your ultimate guide. You can talk about stories, results that people get from using your ultimate guide as like case studies. You can use that as guest posts or podcasts. Like there's so many ways you can do it. If you really want to do it, do it like take it a step further, you could even record like a mp free version of the ultimate guide and like, you know, record yourself talking about it. There's another way to repurpose it, you know, put it on iTunes, put it on YouTube. Like there's so many ways you can do it once you have this amazing resource created. My gosh, that's so much great information. Now, one thing I just want to kind of go back to uh, what you said earlier is having in a blog post, people can find it on Google. So what is it, how is it different finding it on Google from a blog post versus if it's just your lead magnet? Can you kind of explain the difference for people so they have a better idea of what you're talking yeah. about there? You won't find lead, magnet, lead magnets on Google. Like you just won't. Like it's it's really hard for your landing page of a lead magnet to rank on Google because people don't spend much time there. Not many people share it. You know, Google doesn't like linking to like short like one page pages with just like opt-in boxes. Google likes linking to really really long content more and more and more. Like nowadays, more than ever, when everybody can start a blog, when everybody can write 500 word posts, when a lot of people know, okay, just writing 500 word posts, it's not enough. When a lot of people are writing like these two, 3,000 word posts, now you have this ability to really stand out from all the other people by writing even longer and more detailed content. And as you write this content, you know, people will spend more time on your website. You're going to talk more about this specific topic. So, you know, the, the words that you're going to be talking about are going to be in your guide more frequently. So nowadays, more than ever, the ultimate guides are becoming like the dominating thing that's really going to rank on top of Google in the future. Got it. And so if you have that, again, as a lead magnet and maybe in a blog post, more people, your website is going to rank higher on Google. Perhaps. Yeah, you, you get the best of the both worlds. That's the, thing, that's the thing. Like, you don't miss out on anything if you use it as a blog post and as a lead magnet. Like, you don't miss out on anything. You just get the best out of the both worlds. Because I will use it as a lead magnet whenever I have a guest post because I don't want to take people from a podcast that are already really interested. I'm not going to take them to this blog post thing that's super long. I'm just going to tell them, like, hey, you know, here's the... PDF version because I know you want to hear more from you from me anyway. So subscribe to my email list. I'm not going to link this to the guide. However, you know when I'm when I'm featuring something like a post from the media, like Selena's guide to meeting people at events, for example, 
editors, you know, who are writing for, let's say, Business Insider, they might not want to, you know, link a landing page. So they can still link the, you know, blog post version of the guide and so on and so on. So again, you're getting the best out of both worlds and you can use both versions strategically in different places. Yeah, that's great. That's great stuff. Okay. So we talked about what they are, what they aren't, the benefits. Now comes the hard part, right? How do you create these ultimate guides? Yeah, absolutely. So we use this um, process. It's a pretty long process because, you know, creating an ultimate guide, creating the best piece of content on the internet, it's not easy. So it is a pretty thorough process and I can guide you through it on maybe like a high level. I do have a free ebook that talks more about it. But then during this podcast, we can talk about maybe specific parts of the process that are the most interesting to your audience, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Cool. Okay. First step, you create a strategy. Like, why are you even creating an ultimate guide? What are you going to create it about? It's like, how does this even help your business? That's always the first step, right? The strategy, like how can you use ultimate guides to strategically grow your online business? That's the first thing you always decide on. Second thing, you try to find a great topic for your ultimate guide that has the potential of either, you know, going really viral or becoming this evergreen thing that really brings more traffic to your website for years and years to come. So you would usually think about like, what are some big pain points of my audience that they're struggling with? Or maybe what are some trending topics that everybody's talking about in the industry right now? So you select a great topic. Once you have a great topic, maybe even the most important part of the process of creating an ultimate guide is to create this really detailed outline. And in the outline, it's like a multi-step process for creating it. First, we just create a shitty first draft. It's like, you know, you just put your thoughts on paper. It's like, this is what I think should be in this guide. Second thing that you do is you back everything up with research. So you go through the shitty first draft. You kind of like start organizing it. You're like, okay, how can I back this up with research? Should I include some studies? Should I include some examples, some other websites, and so on and so on. Then you think about, okay, how can I make this a little bit more forward facing? Because right now I'm just writing fast so I can, you know, put all my thoughts on paper and I'm doing some research, but how can I actually put this in the language of my audience? What are the things that my audience is struggling with? So that's when you look at your research, you know, from your potential customers and existing customers to see, you know, how you can make this table of contents or an outline closer to them. Then a really good extra step when you're developing your guide is to actually talk to a few of your existing or potential customers and show them this outline so they can tell you if there's something that's missing, if something that's really confusing, if there's something that you should expand on, if there's something that's just not relevant or not interesting to them. So talking to a couple of people, like five to 10 people, is usually a really good thing to do just so you can make sure before you even start writing this guide that it really is going to be an amazing piece of content, right? Once you have that, then you can think about, oh, how can I make this guide different from all the other content out there? You can do a little bit of competitive analysis and see what's already out there and how you can really make your piece of content 10 times better than anything else out there. Last step is usually the copywriting, which is you make the guide sound really nice and pretty. So you go through the whole mess that you have because you'll have like five or 10 pages of notes. So you basically like take the last step is kind of like separating those 10 pages of notes from the actual table of contents that's gonna be in the guide. So it's kind of similar to writing a book as well, right? So you have those last version of the table of contents that then allows you to write a guide and you have those 10 pages of notes where you already basically know what's all that you're gonna be talking about in the guide. So when you start writing it, you're never really you know, staring at a blank page. You're never really not sure what to write about because you've already done the hard work. So this is the hardest part probably of writing the guide as well, like creating this outline. Once you have that, then you can move on to the next steps. Okay, 
Next steps. Um, one of the things we like to do in advance before writing the guide is think about how we're actually going to drive traffic to it in the future, whether that's going to be through SEO, whether that's going to be through so-called influencer outreach, where are the people hanging out that um, you know we can hand the guide to, who can we send it to, and so on and so on. So you think about that. Then we just focus on you know creating a really exceptional ultimate guide, um, editing it, polishing it, designing it, you know, creating these opt-in boxes, creating a bonus like a checklist or a cheat sheet to go with it. Then we publish it, we promote it, and you know, in some cases we think about how to monetize it. If you already have a PT business and you just want more customers, then the monetization is pretty clear. Um, and then the last step is really how to think about how you can create more of the ultimate guides. Because you can create one ultimate guide, but it's not really going to be the one thing that establishes you, establishes you as the go-to expert in the industry. Ideally, over the couple of years, what you would do is you would create one ultimate guide, you know, spread the word about it, you know, make sure it's available on your website. Then maybe after three, four, five, six months, you create another one and another one and another one. And what you're creating is this basically this library of ultimate guides. And once somebody comes to your website, maybe a few years from now, um, they see that you have these amazing resources on knee pain, on back pain, on elbow pain, on leg pain, on all these other things. Or like maybe you could even spin it in a different ways in like a healer's heel or whatever you're really good at or different types of physical therapies, you know, and so on and so on and so on, preventing injuries. Now, once you're creating all these amazing resources, that kind of like establishes you as the number one expert online. You're the person that people are going to invite to speak at conferences. You're the person that people are going to talk to, they're going to work with, and so on and so on. So you really have this opportunity to build out your expertise and make it available online for free to like hundreds of thousands of people. So that's a huge benefit of Ultimate Guides. So that's kind of like the you know whole process in just a few minutes. But we can dig deeper into specific parts that might be the most, most interesting to your audience. Yeah, let's let's dig a little deeper there. So for me, I have I had a long history of chronic pain. Yeah. So if I were to do an ultimate guide, I feel like what I'm most passionate about is educating people on pain. Not necessarily for a specific body part, but what is pain in general? You know, and and how might that affect you and, and what steps can you take to reduce pain? Yeah. So I feel like that's what I'm most passionate about. So that's something that I think I would love to bring to the table. So once I kind of get that, do you just do a big brain dump? Yeah. Um, so I think it's a pretty good topic. Like I think chronic pain is better than just pain in general. Yeah, chronic pain. Yeah. Yeah. I do think like picking a more specific topic is usually better than a broad topic mm -hmm. because if you want to write an ultimate guide about a really broad topic, it's going to have to be a pretty good big guide or a more high level guide, which can work again. You know, if it's just like, oh, these different types of pain and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. But okay. To answer your question, one, yes, pick a topic that you're passionate about. Otherwise you're never going to write a guide. Like it's a big project. Like you're not going to do it if you're not super passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Two, also think about something that you're really, really good at, like what you're the expert in. Cause you have so many, you know, PTs listening to this and other people, you know, in, in the maybe health and wellness space, like you're probably really good at this one thing that not many people are talking about. So what also think about your expertise and your expertise and you know what you're passionate about there usually is going to be some kind of an intersection right the third piece of the puzzle is always making sure there's definitely you know demand for that topic because it's like no matter how much i care about knitting if there are no people who are actually interested in knitting 
it's not gonna do as well, right? You know, I'm right. not gonna build a business out of that. So just make sure it's actually something that people care about because you might really care about some really weird specific part of, you know, the PD stuff that might not actually help you attract more customers, you know, if it's just something that PDs care about. Although it might establish you as the expert in the PT world, and you know, you might have other people consult with you on that topic or stuff like that. So those are kind of things I would have in mind. If you're ever not sure, if you have like two or three different ideas and you're just like, I, I just don't know which one is best, you can always test it with your audience. It, I can, you know, you can do this on a on a small scale. You know, when you have clients coming in, you can just be like, hey, by the way, I'm I'm working on this ebook and it's either gonna be about this, this, and this. What's most compelling mm -hmm. to you? You could do it on a, such a small scale if you have, you know, customers coming in every single day, just do that. Or you could like test it by emailing your, you know, customers through your email list, like just in like a PS line or through Facebook, or there's many different ways of testing it. But if you're ever not sure like which one of the one to three different ideas are best, you can test it that way. And that's what I really like to emphasize, like using your customers to kind of like even help you develop your guide over time, like even for like small conversations, you can polish guide into something that's going to be really appealing to people versus just something that you think is important, but people don't really care about. So yes, pick a topic, pick a great title, test it. And then the next step is pretty much the brain dump, like, you know, everything that you want to dump on the piece of paper on a few pages of notes to make sure that like, that's where you get started with the outline. Once that detailed outline, so I have looked at, you know, some of the examples that you provide on your website, and we'll have yeah. all of that available um, in the show notes for this podcast. But even looking at the table of contents, I mean, it's extensive. It's it is. Not, it should it's, be. It's an ultimate guide. Yeah. I was shocked because I was so used to seeing like the quote unquote ultimate guide as being much smaller. And so I was shocked at how uh, extensive it is. But I can see why it needs to be that extensive. Yeah. And, and again, it sense. doesn't always need to be like 30,000 words. Like I write stuff that's 30,000 words long. Maybe one example is a guide that I wrote recently on attending conferences. It's a 27,000 words guide because I talk about every single step about preparing for a conference, attending a conference, and you know what to do after the conference. I cover everything from finding out who the speakers are, how to prepare questions from them, every single thing that you you know do during a conference, even how to use the you know breaks to your advantage. I cover everything. That's why it's this very extensive guide. Now, if I were to just write about preparing for a conference and I didn't talk about the other parts, then it would be just 10,000 words because that's just like a third of the guide. So it would be a smaller guide. And I probably actually wouldn't recommend people picking a super broad topic for their first guide. And I would just pick like a specific topic, you know, like that you are really good at, that you're really passionate about. So instead of talking about all the back pain, you just talk about like, you know, spine pain or something like yeah, that, yeah. which is going to make the guide less extensive, but kind of like it allows you to learn all the crucial skills when you're developing the ultimate guide. And I love the fact that you said kind of back it up with research so that because if this yeah. is an ultimate guide, you're not just picking things up out of the air and throwing it down. Yeah, you know, I you mean, want to make sure that you do your research and that you have and, you know, I think a lot of people in health and wellness and, and the medical field are very research based. And yes. I think it's important that you have that research and that you cite the research. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I think so. Like a bibliography, like you could do that at the end, right? That has like articles or, you know, studies and things like that that you use throughout. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's many different ways in which you can do this, especially for your industry. You're going to want to have studies. Now, the thing is, the people who actually just want to write an ultimate guide, usually it's people who are experts already. So, like, if I ask you about chronic pain, like, you will need to do some research, but you already know so much about this stuff because you've been doing it for 10, 20 years, right? So, you do know a lot about these things. You don't have to actually find articles because you already know them. Maybe you've even written about this kind of stuff. You know, you can cite your own past articles. You can use case studies as well, case studies, examples. Like, you have to prove your points. Like, you should never try to just say something and that something works if you can't prove it with something, whether it's research results. Like, there has to be proven in some way. I think especially for your industry, citing research things like that is definitely going to be very valuable in getting credibility because it's like yeah you know like you don't want people just claiming something that's not true so yeah how you actually execute on it like whether you have a bibliography at the end i don't care personally like other people might care you know that are your potential audience but make sure you link to the actual study that you're mentioning or you know take a quote from it and you know like whatever the proper um the proper ways of doing it are in your industry yeah for sure now i think the hardest part uh certainly for me is kind of like you said earlier making it forward facing you know yeah. making sure that it's in the language of the audience and i think that can be when you come from a very technical and medical background, um, or even if you're in the tech industry, you're an engineer, you know, you're kind of ingrained with this jargon. It's taking the jargon out and simplifying it, but not dumbing it down. So what's your best uh, advice for doing that? Yeah. Um, that's something that happens to a lot of experts. Cause like, you know, you're, you've been talking about this stuff in these ways for like 20 years and it's like, usually like your writing is going to be maybe a little bit drier than from someone who's not doing that. But I think also, you know, the people who are listening to your podcast, you know, they're not real beginners in the online business world. They probably already know a little bit about customer research. They probably have some customer research notes done already, um, which is helpful. So if you're ever not sure where to start, you know, just look at your research notes. Like if you've done some research online, if you've talked to your customers, if you've surveyed them, you know, look at those notes, like ask them, what do they want to get? You know, like, like, what do they say, you know, when it comes to like knee pain, like, what do they say? Like, oh, my knee pain hurts, you know, here in front or something like that. Like, you know, use, try to use their language as much as possible. And the way that you get it is you pull it from the research notes. Now, sometimes, you know, if you haven't done that much research already, it's not that much of a problem because you can still do it. That's the reason why we talk to our customers and show them the table of contents because that's the best test. It's like, if you show them a table of contents and they're like, I don't understand any of this stuff. You can just ask them, well, what would you say instead of this? Like, what would you say instead of this? What would you say instead of this? And then, you know, you show it to one through three, four, five people, you start seeing patterns and they say like, oh yeah, this is really good. This is really good. So there's no way around it without actually talking to your customers. And, but you know, you've, you're an expert. You've worked on this for 20 years. You can talk to five people about your guide. If this, this, if this is a thing that you're going to be spending weeks on, like you should take the time to show it to your customers. You can print it out on a piece of paper after the session, talk to a few you know, people for a little bit. You could also send it to your email list if you have one, you know, if you're communicating with them free, frequently, you know, just create a Google Doc with your outline and ask them to comment there and you know, leave notes and ask them like, hey, what's missing? What's confusing? What should I go into more detail on? But yeah, that is the crucial step of, you know, you going from I'm the expert and my language to the language of your audience to kind of like loop in the customers as you're creating the outline before you're even writing, 
you know, and really make sure you get it right. And then you already see kind of like the language that you're using. Once you have that strong foundation of a really detailed outline, it's much easier to actually write a guide. Yeah, that makes and, a lot of you sense. you know, make it compelling to them. And do you recommend people using an editor or a copywriter to kind of help with this or? I mean, um, I usually don't recommend, you know, using, bringing on editors or copywriters, maybe in some cases, depending on like how, how versed you are in the online business world. Cause you know, a lot of work with a lot of online entrepreneurs who have already had training in copywriting and, you know, took online business courses and things like that. And they do create most of their own content. So if that's the case for you, if you already know how to create content like that, I don't think you need a copywriter. Now, if you're that kind of person that's just running the business and just wants this done for you, then bringing on a copywriter to actually write a guide for you and they just interview you about your expertise, that's going to be a good idea. Editing, I think in most cases for an ultimate guide, it's an overkill. Some people do like to do it. And, you know, even from my students from my course about ultimate guides, some people are actually turning their ultimate guides into books and they're bringing on editors. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely do it if that's what you think is important. But just write your first ultimate guide. I don't think that's the most important thing. The most important thing is creating this most comprehensive piece of content on the internet that answers all the questions better than anyone else. Now, whether you're talking about an issue in three sentences or one sentence, I don't think it matters as much to someone who just wants to solve this pain problem. And you know, they, they just want the questions answered. Also bringing on an editor and a copywriter does tend to prolong the process by a couple of months at least. Same thing with fancy designs. I don't recommend getting fancy designs for your ultimate guides, especially not for your first guide until you test it. You can always update it later, but I try to always avoid the things that delay the process by months and months because then it's not going to take a few months. It's going to take a year to write the guide. And that's maybe something that you're not interested in it if you're just writing your first guide as a test, as an experiment. Like I wouldn't, you know... If, if your first guide does amazingly well, then maybe update the design, update the editing if you think there's some kind of like return of investment, but it wouldn't be the thing that I would initially recommend to most people. And what what do you recommend as far as design is concerned? Depends, depends how big your business is, mm -hmm. you know, how well known you already are. Like you even have top experts who have like, you know, millions of visits to their websites whose design is shit. So, I mean, like, but if you're a top expert who has a brand to maintain and everything, you know, is specially nicely designed, like, for example, you know, we talked about Selena Sue, like she has a nice brand. So when she creates an ultimate guide, it's going to be nicely branded. I'm not known for really good design. Like actually my design of most of the stuff is pretty basic. So I'm not going to invest into that if I'm not sure that it's really going to move the needle for my business. So it really depends on what you're already doing. If you're, you know, already spending a lot on design and you know it's worth it for you, then spend the time designing an ultimate guide. If you're not heavily investing in design, you probably don't need to do it. So you can just, you know, um, publish it as a blog post without fancy designs and special pages. And also like with a PDF version, you know, you can get a cover designed, you can have some basics designed like headlines or something like that, but you don't need to spend $5,000 on design. Like, I don't think like, unless you're already making like, you know, multiple six or seven figures or a lot more and you're like, yeah, I want this to be designed. If you're making like six figures, I don't think spending $5,000 on a design on an ultimate guide or more is really worth it for you. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So it depends on kind of where you're at. In yeah, your, in your career, what you're already doing, pretty much. Right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you have your ultimate guide, and you mentioned this a couple of times is maybe adding a cheat sheet or a bonus or something like yeah. that to it. So what what do you recommend 
for a, an add-on, if you will? Yeah. So the simplest thing is always a cheat sheet or a checklist or a worksheet or something like that. The reason why is because Ultimate Guys, there are a lot of information and it's hard to put into action and it's hard to also have all the information in one place. Like, yes, it's one long post, but you have to kind of search for it and stuff like that. So, for example, if I write a 30,000 word ultimate guide on conferences, I also want to have like something with it that people can actually take that's maybe like five pages long so they can just go through the steps on what they need to do because they already know how to do it because it's in the guide, they can reference it. But I also want steps in an order. That's why I just create a checklist or a cheat sheet for them. So it's like, hey, you know, you've read this whole ultimate guide now how do you put it into action as easily as possible so that's the thing that pretty much always works like that's the basic thing it's like you've read this thing now here are the most important points that you can save for yourself or you know here's like this graphic that helps you out or something like that that's usually the most like the simplest thing now people do get creative some people like to offer like audio versions of their guides together some people like to, you know, create completely different bonuses. If you're not sure what to do, you can start with something like a checklist. You can also ask your audience, you know, you can ask a few people to read the guide and ask them like, hey, after reading the guide, what would you like to learn from me next? What would be really, you know, useful for you as a bonus? So that's another example that you could do. So for me, like maybe in the future, I'll create this kind of like ultimate guide template that everybody can use to just start writing their guide. Like maybe that's going to be useful to people, right? Um, there's a lot of ways to do this. What I would recommend not doing is creating another gigantic guide and spending months on it. With the bonus, the thing in most people, for most in most cases, should be keep it simple, make it something that's small, crunchy, and that people can start using today. You know, that just makes the implementing the guide a lot easier. That's usually the bonus that I would offer. So keep it simple. Don't spend seven more weeks on it. It's there's no ROI behind that. Um, you want to, you know, rather create and promote more guides than to really prolong this process into like a one two year process because they're just like. So keep it simple, you know, but also like if you have some creative ideas for something that would be really valuable to your audience that you can execute on in, let's say, like a week or so, if you can create this bonus, by all means, be creative with it and do it. You know, like I'm not going to tell you to not do something again, just don't spend eight weeks or 10 weeks writing another guide as a bonus. Do you have any examples or like maybe a case study that you can tell the audience about what an ultimate guide has done for maybe one of your clients or has done for you? Yeah, I mean, we have lots of examples. And the beauty about ultimate guides is that every ultimate guide is a little bit different and every entrepreneur that's writing one is a little bit different. So for some people, people have written, you know, ultimate guides, they've grown their email list by, you know, even thousands of subscribers over just a couple of days. Because, you know, we have this, this person, Leslie, she wrote an ultimate guide to... I think Asian inspired cooking, which I think is a really brilliant idea. And she got like over 500 email subscribers over like three days, you know, like, so you have examples like that. You have examples of um, my friend, Nick, who's actually going to be on this podcast, he I think, is, in a little while. Yes. So Nick has written, I think, I don't know, three or four ultimate guys this year. He's a very crazy person. He's like my hardest working student. So Nick has written like four different ultimate guides and he's writing them about like, you know, email marketing for fitness and yoga businesses. He's writing them about, um, you know, Facebook Live, Facebook advertising, all of these specific topics. What these guys have done for him, like initially they haven't even brought that many email subscribers to him. I know like first ultimate guide got him like 50 email subscribers. But it also got him like $10,000 in consulting clients. And then over time, he's been able to, you know, grow that consulting business due to his guides. 
another fun fact, he was actually able to get a job at a company because somebody saw his guide and how good he is at Facebook live marketing. So he's now a CEO of like a major fitness company because he wrote an ultimate guide. So it's very different, you know, in many cases. And now he's also, you know, using it to grow his email list as he's going on podcasts. He just told me like at least last week he was on a podcast and he got like 150 new email subscribers because he just mentioned his guide at the end. So, you know, the results vary. Some people get them for, you know, get consulting clients. Some people get freelance work. Like another student is using, you know, using it to get more customers for like website development, for WordPress, for entrepreneurs. So he wrote his first guide to, you know, um, setting up the website as an entrepreneur by yourself. People can read his guide or they can just come to him and he does it for them. So he's getting clients for his freelance work that way. So there really are, you know, indefinite like examples of using guides and it's really very different. For me, it's been a lot of traffic, a lot of email subscribers and a lot of paying customers for my online programs and coaching programs. You know, so it's really just high quality potential customers where with whatever you know service you're offering to them whether it's pd service whether it's consulting speaking you know if you create this amazing resource people will notice it and they will find a way to work with you we're getting towards the end of our conversation here but before we get to our very last question can you give the listeners what maybe might be the three biggest takeaways from our talk today oh, when I it comes to my- ultimate de- <laughs> when it comes to the ultimate guide yeah, sure. So first thing, like now you know what an ultimate guide is, and now you can you can share our our pet peeve for people who are pretending to write ultimate guides and they're not. So now you know what it is, which I think is awesome. Second takeaway is definitely going to be you know create this really outstanding piece of content rather than just creating maybe small blog posts because it is really going to create this major impact on your business because you can really use it everywhere. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, you can create this asset once and then use it everywhere to attract new high-quality customers. The third thing, I think, is just to actually talk to your customers because I know as experts, sometimes we think we know everything. But then the ultimate guide kind of like makes all of this customer research much more purposeful because everybody says like, oh, yeah, you should do customer research and talk to your customers. Nobody ever actually wants to do it, especially because you're it just feels like you're doing it for no reason. Like you're just having these 50 pages of notes. But what do you do with that? Right. So I hope that, you know, if you decide to write an ultimate guide, you know, you can also use my ultimate guide checklist, which is a free ebook that talks about all this stuff in more detail. But like if you decide to write one, I hope you'll start talking to your customers and actually use their feedback to get better at speaking in their language. Because I think it's so much easier to do that if you have something to show them and really work with them. And I was like, how can I say this differently? Because that's actual practice. It's not just theory. And, you know, as a PT, you know, it's not just theory. Like you have to practice the things that you're doing, right? It's the same thing with building an online business. So I hope those are some of the things that you will find useful. And I hope like I hope right now you think like, oh, I should really create an ultimate guide or my team should create one. Like if you want to do that, you know, Karen will probably share like how you can get in touch with me and you can learn about this stuff because I love nerding out on ultimate guides, as you can probably hear from this interview. Yes. No, the passion is there. I love it. Okay, (laughs) so before we wrap things up, the question I ask everyone, and that is knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah, so I started my business, I think, when I was in the third year of college, something like that. So the biggest piece of advice, like when I left high school to tell myself would be like, start reading about online business. 
because it was this thing that became a passion for me, you know, a business, a new lifestyle, like it changed everything for me. I went from this guy who's like a shy, socially awkward kid earning $7 per hour as a programmer in a cubicle to running this amazing online business, talking to people like you, spreading my knowledge. Like, honestly, I wish I would have known about online business a few years earlier because then I would have been able to get started with it earlier. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, that's what I would like. I would just give myself like an access to one of the courses that I've joined or one of the websites that I write. Because at that point, I had no idea that this world ever existed. I had no idea about podcasts, no idea about nonfiction books. I didn't know anything. And I would just, you know, gently nudge myself into that direction so I could save myself maybe two to three years of my life. Yeah, I think that's great advice. So, so kind of learning more about what's out there to further yourself, kind of being open-minded. Yeah. 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 Just, sure. just giving myself the, you know, the things that are in the world that I had no idea existed. I think yeah. that'd be really cool. And that's great advice. All right. So where can people get in touch with you if they need you? Yeah, this is the tricky part because my name is super hard to pronounce, right? So good news is Karen will be including a link to my yes, website in I the will. show notes. So that's your go-to go-to resource for finding me. Now, my my website is primozbozic.com. That spells as P-R-I-M-O-Z-B-O-Z-I-C.com. And if you want to get my, you know, ultimate guide thingy, then you just put a forward slash and it's ultimate for um, ultimate dash guide dash checklist. And that's yeah. where you find that. But yeah, just click the show notes. Like that's going to be the easiest thing for you. And fun fact, maybe we can wrap it up with that. Um, my name, <laughs> that's a really weird thing, but like my name, like Primoz means first, um, like in Latin, it means like Primoz means first and Bozic actually means Christmas in Slovenian. So now you know me as the first Christmas. Maybe that's a bit easier to remember. Very but much easier. <laughs> a lot easier. It's the first Christmas guy. So, <laughs> oh, that's um, so funny. Now you know how to find me. I, well, that is a fun fact that I did not know. So thanks so <laughs> much for sharing that. And thank you so much for all of your great information on the ultimate guide and its importance and how to write one. And it's got me all um, motivated. So, you know, I was like, I feel like I know what I'm going to do over Christmas. I'll yes, get my everybody should write their together. guides over Christmas. Yes, perfect. So thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was this was so much fun. Thanks so much, Karen. Awesome. And everyone for listening, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.